ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Podcast Room 303. I'm your host, Jermaine Colomé. This is my co-host, Nicholas Morhan. And as always, we have with us the EPE. Today's episode, episode 200, that's two century marks, will involve NBA and NHL finals, four teams vying for the Stanley Cup Trophy and the Larry O'Brien Trophy. We'll be getting into Pop Culture Pick'em Top 5 Summer Activities. Today's order is Eric, Nick, myself. And we'll also be touching on head-to-head. Then we'll be wrapping the episode with a special announcement. Without further ado, how are you doing this evening, Nick? I think this is one of the things that I very rarely plan out what to say, right? I plan out the PCP, right? I do research for the topics that we need to talk about, whatever those topics are. But the question at the podcast that I'm most unprepared for is how I'm actually doing today. It's like a grand central station of trains run into themselves in my head. So I'd be like, I'm doing uh, sports life. So almost got, uh, almost got, Shown a red card yesterday at uh, Rec Soccer, so that was fun I, I, against a team of lawyers uh, playing keeper. Uh, so that was fun. Uh, had the most hardo ref I think I've ever had in intramural Rec Men's League. Anything he was like checking people for shin guards. He was like, I, I, like he he was uh, I think aligned with the other team. Um. Because we had four cards called on us, including one where, and the reason that I almost got shown a red is because um, one of our guys jumped in the box to block a ball, just jumped straight up. Ball hit his arm. So what is referee Jermaine calling that? Incidental contact if it's by his side. So So he jumped like this, right? Arms by his side, ball hit him in the arm. In, in the 18-yard box. What do you call him that? Did I don't think that. Did he extend his arm? I, no. I So so what I what it looked like – so he was directly in front of me as keeper. What looked like happened is I thought the ball hit him in the chest, to be honest. So I didn't see the ball hit him. Mm. The ref ran up, shows him a straight red card. What? Into the game. Straight red card. Nah, man. You got the bot- – it's a known rule in soccer that if you get a handball in the box – your arm has to move away from your body. Right. That's why they tell you to grab your nuts when you jump because you're going right. to you're gonna hang on to those and protect it. Your hand won't come out and you won't get the red card or the penalty. That's, right. So if the move, if the arm didn't move, that should not have been a red. I don't know why I'm getting so worked up. His arm, his arm might, like, it, he might have jumped like this, right? Like jumped out. Yeah. He's a former basketball player, so he's not used to, you know, jumping, jumping with, with arms in a body. So he might have jumped out like this. So maybe that's where he called it. Maybe. Yeah. It's still not a straight red. But it was nowhere near a straight red. It, it was nowhere near. I, I, I thought you gave red on handballs when, like, it's clear the attacker beats the defender, and the only option the defender has to stop it is to, like, put a yeah. hand on the ball. Yeah. That's crazy. In Especially in rec league. But then, but then because we, we operate by this concept, I know the three of us operate by this, uh, universal guiding principle of sports will work itself out in the form of the saying ball don't lie so <laughs> yeah. ball don't lie I gotta save the penalty right I guess the right side 
I just did a bad keeper effort and I dove out instead of down and out. And the ball went right under me. It was, it was very upsetting. Ugh. I knew what side he was going to. I guessed I dove and it right, went right under me. Cause he hit a little, he hit, he hit a little fucking, a little piddly dink shot. I thought he was going to try to muscle it in there. Mm. From what you described, it sounds like you could get a 10 day for Chelsea, bro. Go try out. Well, I mean, yeah, they're they're handing out contracts. I don't want seven hundred million. I just want one, maybe two million. <laughs> yeah, what's what's the league minimum? I'll take that. I'm willing to negotiate down to five hundred fifty thousand. <laughs> Eric, how are you doing this evening? Uh, doing good, man. Glad to be a part of uh, episode two hundred. Uh, just one hundred percented my first video game ever in Star Wars Survivor Jedi Survivor. So that was dope. Oh Can't yeah, complain, did you man. like the first game? Uh, didn't play it, and I I knew if I brought it up, you're gonna say something something, but it's all good. I hundred percent of the second one. I might go back and do it for the first one. Who knows? Uh, nobody know. believes you. <laughs> nobody yeah, believes I, you. Picks picks or it didn't happen. You ain't playing the first one. What a knucklehead. Yeah, hey, there you go. Hundred percent. That's tight. Everyone loves finishing things completely. At least I do. Uh, I don't really consider trophies part of the hundred hundred percent, but some people may do. Um. All right, if we got nothing else, let's go ahead and get into Pop Culture Pick'em. Yep, let me uh, get everything presented here. Uh, so Top Culture Pick'em today is going to be top five uh, summer activities. Um, I do have the first pick, so once I get this screen shared, I will go first. Uh, with my first pick, and I don't – it's going to sound like a creepy activity, but it's not something – it's not like I'm out there bird watching, right? But I love women in sundresses so much that I will just go walk out and just – Look for women in sundresses. So I like to like sundress gays, bro. It's like I love a woman in a sundress. That's probably shouldn't be my number one pick, but that's what I'm going with. Man. Probably should have gone with bird watching. <laughs> <laughs> sundress gazing. That's a that's a bold strategy there, Cotton. Bro, tell me, all right. So just real quick, not to divert us too much, but is a woman like a, a like doesn't like we're not talking about whatever, like beauty, just a woman in a sundress, is that not the sexiest thing in the world? To you guys, yes. or am I the only 100%. one? Okay, thank you. I thought I, I was like, it has to, it can't just be me. It's not the sexiest thing in the world. Sexiest se- thing in the it's world. Sexy. No, incorrect. Oh yeah, a sundress <laughs> is sexy. It's sexy, but not the sexiest thing in the world. To me, it that's, is. That's probably subjective, but I'm not here. I, I'm not on a. I'm not on a, a philosophical philosophical podcast. I'm on a sports based gambling podcast. I'm just saying, if we're gonna make bold proclamations, that's not the sexiest thing in the world. Like, in not my even close. opinion, let, let me preface it. In my opinion, it's the sexiest thing in the world. Okay, so you would like a, a, a dumb girl who can't hold a conversation in a sundress, than a girl who can hold a conversation is intelligent. Not if she's not in a sundress. <laughs> I'm just saying. I feel like that's sexier. If, uh, she could be in a t-shirt and jeans as long as she's not dumb as hell. Uh, I, I don't- <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean, I, you know, definitely a chick that you can have a conversation with is definitely sexier, but I'm just talking about purely physical, my guy. <laughs> All right. Purely physical, a sundress to me is the sexiest thing a woman could wear. But what, let's not. What are those? What are those classic Eric caveats? All right. All right, Nick. <laughs> what is your number I, one I, pick? I, let, let's, let's, let's get a, uh, Let's get a, a ruling on this. My first pick would be baseball. Are we considering that a summer activity? I do. Do we allow that to be a summer activity? 
Yeah. Baseball. My first pick will be baseball. Playing or going to games or just baseball? I don't care, dude. Okay. All right. There is there is nothing better than going to a baseball game. There is also nothing better than sitting in the outfield on like a warm summer, summer day and there's just a nice gentle – day games in summer, like growing up when you would play like Saturday tournaments. Like don't get me wrong, games on the lights are fun, like in varsity. But like a good like summer day game, like an 11 a.m. day game, oof, that's where it's at. like it. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, no, what I, I didn't, you know, obviously very unprepared for this as always. So, uh, first pick, I'm going cookouts. Oh, good. Can't go wrong with a cookout in the summertime. Nope. Good hot dog, good hamburger, little pool action. Uh, yeah, so I'll go cookout and then next I'll go sunbathing. God damn it. Look at that. I'm prepared. Still snaking motherfuckers. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep, I'm going to play off Jermaine's sunbathing. I'm going to say swimming. All right. I mean, yeah, that's a fair one. Swimming in the winter is fun for like a second when you're like, let's do a polar plunge. <laughs> but then you're out because you have to be because you're going to die. <laughs> wow, that's dramatic. <laughs> it felt like I was gonna die I, when we did that polar plunge. Yeah, I but I was you, die. yeah, but you're dramatic. Yeah, tad Ooh. bit, tad bit. <laughs> so like, yeah, that's pretty on brand. Yeah. Uh, whatever, dog. You know what? It was cold. It was like eight degrees outside when we did that shit. Um, it was not eight degrees, Eric. That's what it felt like. Anyway, oh my <laughs> god, um, the wind chill, Jermaine. So something for me that for. <laughs> For my second pick, um, I'm not sure if other people have this experience, but for me, summertime was always when Pops would bust out the convertible and we'd do, like, long convertible drives. That, to me, is, like, just the epitome of summer. So, Driving that for me. Drop-top season, baby. That's what I was going to call it. And then... Um, Less after- creepy, so we're doing better. <laughs> and then, after that, um, probably my favorite way I'm to... picking dad- up women in sundresses. <laughs> Dude, drop-top... Cruise by a chick in a sundress, and it all ties in with my third one. Uh, naps in the hammock and a nice, like, summer breeze at night. Bro, hammock naps are the best, dude. Well, you just had two of them, though. You can't take hammock naps and summer breezes at night. No, no, no. I'm saying in combination, like, like just when you're on the hammock and it's Why like, are you nice napping at night? That's a way to ruin like- your sleep schedule. Like, you know, right before, you know. Sunday. All right, moving on to what I what I think next. Um, my third pick is going to be fishing. That's a good one. Um, it, it doesn't even have to be crazy. Just a, it, You don't even have to catch anything. Just go into the lake, sitting on shore, just flipping it. Like, you, you, there could be no fish there. I don't care. For three hours, I'm, I'm sitting in nature. Yeah, no, that's a good choice. I'm going to go ahead and take um, boats slash jet skis. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) If you've never been on a motorized aquatic vehicle, you have not lived, my friend. Um, Oh, outdoor showers. Oh, good call. Going back to your boats, is there anything more miserable 
is there anything more miserable or, or a bigger gap in emotional feelings between a boat in the winter and a boat in the summer? Yeah. For those of you who listen to this podcast and have been on a boat and have had to, maybe for your job, been on a boat in winter, boats in winter or boats even with like the slightest drop in temperature and wind are awful. It has to be under a certain temperature, though. <laughs> like, like if because like, boats in like seventy-two degree weather is banging. There's no sweat, right? right. But there's no sweat. In, like, but boats in like sixty degree weather with like a twenty knot wind that fucking sucks. Yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> boats in that weather at night when it's actually like forty degrees with the twenty knot winds. Yeah, you can't stay warm enough. Shout out those mass suits. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and and yeah, and we're not blowing past your fourth pick, dude. Outdoor showers, uh, outdoor showers, amazing, bro. Outdoor showers, there is nothing better than an outdoor shower. Naked nature, water pouring down, birds chirping in the wind, sun shining, bro. Outdoor showers are untouchable. It's a non sequitur when we're discussing my dream house. If I ever get married, she if she says no to an outdoor shower, it's divorce season, bro. Well, if she yeah, that I mean that's got to be in the contract though. Yeah, for that's sure, got to be a non exclusion clause. I was like, that's a real quick way to lose twenty mil, no doubt. And a McDonald's <laughs> franchise. <laughs> uh, my fourth pick, I'm gonna go with fireworks. Fireworks is a solid fucking choice. Fireworks go hard, dude. That was my next pick. Fourth of July fireworks, dude. It's the best time of season, best time of the year. Um, with my fourth pick, um, eating watermelon. It's good. It's my favorite fruit when it's in season. Um, and then my fifth pick. Yeah, every fucking fruit's his favorite fruit when it's in season. <laughs> It changes my season, bro. Um, and with my fifth pick, um, somebody already said swimming, swimming, and somebody already said boats and jet skis. But can I take going to the beach? No. All right, whatever. Fuck you. Um, Sunbathing, cookouts, boats, outdoor showers, swimming, fishing, fireworks. No, that's basically the beach. <laughs> All right, all right. No, all right. Eric, you could put the beach, bro. <laughs> nobody saying. said, nobody said the beach. All right, going to the beach. That's that's clearly one of the best summer activities. So Dude, that's my final I, pick. Uh, again, so I'll say again, the difference between the boardwalk in winter and the boardwalk in summer is astronomical. <laughs> if you've ever been to Virginia Beach, Virginia, the boardwalk in winter is depressing as fuck. And it's cold and it's awful. The boardwalk in summer is amazing. You get a little boardwalk burger, you get you some ice cream. And that was, I agree. because we're a professional podcast, I'm gonna round out my top five by saying eating ice cream. Solid choice. I thought about that multiple times online, yeah. but yeah. Uh, I love my list so far. And um Man, I could go a lot of different directions here. Whew, what am I going to do here? Because, like, s- summer vacation is is the bee's knees, bro. 
when you get to take two months off or two weeks off and you go do something. Let's go ahead and put uh, – I'll put cliff jumping slash snorkeling. Ooh. I mean, those are top-notch activities. Probably could have put diving somewhere in there, but, I, you know, you could probably dive in the wintertime as well. Oh, diving in the wintertime sucks. Nah. It's just because you and Eric are soft. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cold water's mental, bro. That's why cold showers are awesome. Cold water is not mental. 1,000% it is, bro. No, it is not, dude. There's yes, a reason why I was teaching scuba diving. I had to wear 10 millimeters on my chest or I'd get hypothermia. That's not hypothermia is not mental. Yeah, that's a real thing. No, hyperthermia is real. I was like, being a bitch to cold water is mental. True. But if you're <laughs> yeah, I agree. We can we not can we not both be saying the same thing? Yeah, we're we're saying the same thing. I'm just sticking with my statement. I'm not talking about hypothermia. Hypothermia sucks if you're not underwater because <laughs> you can get that not underwater. Like, <laughs> let's let's be clear about that. Don't go in them Afghani mountains. You know what I mean? But hypothermia underwater sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me make that clear. <laughs> Uh, oh boy! All right, let me run through this list real quick so we can jump into the head to head. But uh, so today's uh pop culture pick them top five summer activities. I had the first pick: uh, sundress gazing, drop top season, uh, hammock naps, eating watermelon, going to the beach. Uh, Nick had the second pick. He went with baseball, swimming, fishing, fireworks, and eating ice cream. Uh, Jermaine had the third pick: uh, cookouts, sunbathing, boats, and jet skis. The pick of the draft, outdoor showers in the fourth round, and cliff jumping and snorkeling to round out his top five. I don't think I've ever lost a pop culture pick em, boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Um, what are the, right. What's the series props for this? Oh, wow. That's a close series. All right. Jeez. So uh, just Let's to get take into head to head, boys. Yeah. Just to take this into head to head. Uh, we concluded week 20 last week. Uh, Jermaine went three and oh, he had a perfect week. Oh, no, uh, I did not. Yeah, Fake did. news. Oh, <laughs> uh, bringing him to 23 and 31 on the season, and he is down 8.9 units. Uh, Nick, I, I went three and oh last week. Hold on, we someone check the record. Yeah, well, I'm assuming this Miami money line game was the Marlins, right? Yeah, I was. Yeah, so you went 3-0. Um, and then Nick went 0-3, <laughs> bringing his losing streak to 10. 10. Right. 10. Um, he is now 19-34-1, and, and he's down 5.4 units. So um, much for John Rom. Yeah. Um, so it has me in the lead unit-wise, I think. <laughs> now Nevada's in the u- lead unit-wise. Yeah, Nevada's kicking our asses right now. Can, um, we add, can, we add, uh, can we add my Nevada's paycheck to my head? <laughs> <laughs> by the way, uh, by the way, for the 10s and 10s out there, I do have an announcement. Nevada will be off until this Sunday. And last I heard, he's probably, he's probably going to be drinking for a lot of those days. So 
Challenge him to your head-to-head picks. If you have his phone number, text him around, uh, we'll say, 5 p.m. Eastern, <laughs> 2 p.m. 2 p.m. Pacific. That's the sweet spot. That's get the sweet spot. That's in. Right when he's feeling tipsy enough to spend his paycheck, but not when he's too drunk to text back. Hey, hey, 3.15 p.m. Mountain Standard Time is the time you want to pounce on a Nevada paycheck bet. Right. Yeah, 100%. I I actually want to take a second here and thank Nevada because I was like – I was making bad bet after bad bet with you, Nick. And, you know, for this dude to root against his own team and be at the game cheering, dude – Epic story, bro. Epic story. It's a bad look. Listen, uh, I'm, I'm in, in room 303 bet history. I think I'm only $1,000 up now. Because I lost $1,000 to your friggin' dumb rain man ass <laughs> fucking naming 25 presidents. Dude, I don't even know there if was, I can do that again, to be honest. I don't think you can do it again. There was a lot of question marks at the end of names thrown out, too. That's what was so funny. I was like, Van Buren? Records? (laughs) And, like, nobody was keeping track of how many wrong guesses he had. It was all bad. It was all bad. My man was just shooting from the hip, just saying old-timey names. No, you hit, like, 15. I was like, dude, I have this bet one. And then all of a sudden, you went Will Ferrell from old school and, like, (laughs) listed off 10 in a row. He went state dependent on us. No doubt, dude. Uh, I must have fucking said your code word and triggered. (laughs) Shout out the Winter Soldier. (laughs) All right. All right. So to keep it pushing on the head to head, um, I went 0 3 last week after a perfect week the week before. Uh, Jimmy Buckets let me down, uh, but Miami didn't make it to the finals. So whatever. Uh, 23 and 31 on the season, down 5.7 units. And last week, uh, Nevada went 0 3. 0-3, 0-3, bringing him to 22-28-1, and he's only down 2.3 units. So if any, if there's anything you guys learned from this head-to-head is fade us because we do not know what we're talking about. Yeah, I took – I took I had no faith in the Heat, so I took Celtic spread, and they ended up losing by – the spread missed by 28 points, I believe, if we if, if that's correct. <laughs> so, this, so this is starting to build into my favorite new conspiracy theory. And, and, and people, if when people ask me what my new favorite conspiracy is, I'm gonna say the invasion of Vegas into like gambling content companies, right? Every single game, you see a random fact pop up that has not been tracked at all throughout the other like the series, right? Mm. I'm sure Scott Foster. Ref some of those other games, game one through six. Scott Foster ref one of those games, correct? Sure. I when mean, did we yes. hear that the Heat were 0 and 9 again under Scott Frost? Or Scott last game. Game seven, bro. Because Vegas wants you to dump massive money on Boston plus seven and a half, or Boston minus seven and a half. Every single day, what do we see coming out of Bleacher Report bets and Barstool bets and on DraftKings? Oh, Joe Schmo in friggin' Davenport, Iowa, just put these random parlays together. And he only spent $5 and he won 17000 Just like you could, Jermaine, or you could, Eric, or you could, Nick. If you just put $5 down, you have the chance to win $18,000. 
one some of the best gamblers in our friend group. I will give them this publicly. I will say this to them. They can never quote me because I never said it. I'm drunk. Shay and CJ are some of the best parlay gamblers I know. In real life, what is the largest hit they've ever had? Uh, four or five grand, I think. Four, four or five grand, maybe. No, CJ yeah. won a twelve grand parlay. Did he? They yeah. won a double digits, or was that them going in together on a double digits bet? No, if I'm not mistaken, both of them they went on it. They made the same bet, but they didn't go on it together. I think it was like a hundred dollar parlay, and it paid them out twelve thousand, or maybe. If I remember correctly, Shay's paid him out nine thousand, and CJ's paid him out like twelve thousand. It was a pretty crazy day for both of them. They had right. similar parlays. Well, well, then that's pretty good. But like, dude, I am so thrown off about the number of tickets I'm seeing now of people that are like they picked all the like they picked ones that you would never pick in the history of ever. Oh, somebody picked MLS Cup winner. Somebody else picked Argentina to win the World Cup. Kansas City to win the Super Bowl. Oh, and they also parlayed it with the, the Miami Heat to win the NBA Finals. Like, that has no rhyme or reason. <laughs> that just that just literally gets people who are who follow those accounts to go, oh, well, maybe I should put in Germany to win the World Cup. And, like, you don't put in futures for that long. You don't do it as a better. I mean, if you're betting titles, you do. I, I will say I that's the only that's one of the few futures I've hit on was we were in Vegas in 2017 for March Madness. It was March of 2017, and I told Manny to put any amount of money on France to win the World Cup in 2018. That's right. the biggest future I've ever hit. But that was right. one team. I didn't parlay it with right. a bunch and of then, other championships. And then, you, and then did you tell Manny also to bet the winner of the Super Bowl and the winner of the NBA Finals and the winner of the no of, the, of course not. Sevilla to win the Euro League. Yeah, but if you, if you're just picking somebody to win a title, that is super reasonable. Now, if you're sitting there, you're betting, you're betting fucking, uh, you know, Cubs to win over eighty games, uh, Browns to win over seven, shit like that. That's fine. Everyone talks about who they think is going to win it all the time, all the time. The odds are posted well in advance all the time for this reason. So that's the one bet I'm not ever – because I've sat there and been like, oh, that's a good bet. That's a good bet. I like that bet. We look at these futures all the time. Right. right. I, I'm not disagreeing with a futures bet. I'm disagreeing with four futures parlayed together. I would absolutely do that. Have you done that? I've done it, and I've missed poorly. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It seems, and, and you know what? And at the end of the day, it's my conspiracy theory. But my conspiracy—no, I agree theory, with your. I agree with not, your conspiracy theory. There are not people hitting every single day these massive, these massive wins. I agree with that. The only thing I was saying is, is if I'm going to bet champions, I would bet them together. I think that's just the logical approach to me. I, I would if I was going to make a parlay, I, that's how I would do it personally. I would venture to say that. I don't think necessarily Nick's thing is a conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that's a good point. I think it's a, a fact, my guy. I think with with the way that this country and big corps market and advertise to get people hooked on things, that, that little slip that says, hey, I can turn a $50 bet into $900,000, that's heroin for the first time for a lot of bettors. Oh, I could do that? That looks easy. And then people go do it, and then they're hooked. 
So that's what it I, is. It's not a conspiracy. I think you're just spitting facts, brother. I, I agree with I agree with that. That's why I said yeah. I agree with you as yeah. well, Nick, that a lot of these fucking parlays that pop. Because, dude, during the football week, there is always one parlay that gets to Monday Night Football, right? How many – all last season, I was like, I would send you the parlay and I would tell you bet the other team. All last season, every Monday Night Football game, how many bets did we hit purely betting against those parlays? Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> so I agree with that. I'm just saying that I think betting championship winners together is a logical leap. That was the only thing I was saying. Because I've done it. I'm like, okay, well, if I'm going to pick the MLB winner, I'm going to – especially because you, you get to the MLB time, right? Like this is when I put my parlay in. I was just like, yo, the MLB playoffs are about to start. So I was just like, oh, I'm going to put money on the fucking Braves the year they didn't win. Because fuck the Braves. And then I was just like, well, uh, you, uh, Brooklyn's going to win the NBA championship. And uh, <laughs> someone's going to win the NFL Super Bowl. So, of course, someone's going to fucking win the Super Bowl. I'm just not going to guess it, right? Because I'm a fucking chotch. That's why you fade us. But we're at the 30-minute mark, boys. I'd be remiss if we didn't pause here and hit a moment of silence. For those of you at home who don't know why we just had that moment of silence, it's because I feel this longing emptiness in my heart that was once filled by NHL and NBA playoffs, and now there is no fucking game on television worth fucking watching right now because we're in the doldrums of the MLB season where they're fucking hyping up Shohei's back-to-back home runs and I have to sit here and act like I care about it until fucking July. There's nothing. There's nothing left. There's no sports left. I'm a lowly Bulls fan. I'm a lowly Saints fan. Fire up the car. I'm a lonely. Oh wait, the Blackhawks got the number one pick, so I ain't really that upset. All that bro. you don't care. You don't care about baseball yet because it's not after the All Star game. No, dude. Because that the worst part is, is when the NHL and the NBA playoffs are winding down. That's when I stop caring about baseball for two months. Right. That's the worst part. It all hits at the same time. The new feel of baseball. Is no longer there, right? So I have to wait another month and a half to like get really ramped back up for baseball. And I think it might the I think my lull with baseball might be because of the NBA NHL playoffs, right? There might be some correlation there, but right now it's fucking depressing. <laughs> it's depressing. It's depressing. There's no NBA. It's like. And, and then the and then the NBA finals are so spaced out, you get one game every 72 hours, it feels like. Yeah. The NHL Stanley Cup is the Western I mean sorry, the Eastern Conference Finals was a sweep. The Western Conference Finals in the NBA was a sweep. So we didn't even get as much hoops in hockey as we were supposed to get. It's fucking brutal, dude. This is on, the brutalest time of year. On a good note, I, I looked, you know. Here's the hoping they both go seven games so we can get as much of this out as possible. But the I'm not sure if it was done on purpose or an accident, but the schedules, they line up to where there's either a hockey game or an NBA game on, but they don't have them on the same day. So that's good because at least they space it out and every other, you know, every day we get a, a different game. And I'm, some people aren't into hockey, some people aren't into basketball, but at least there's something on it. It's the finals, it's a championship, so it's worth watching. Yeah, 100%. With that being said, what do we want to cover first, NHL or NBA? I say we do NHL first. All right. 
So let's get into the NHL. Nick, do you want to drive? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, we, I think we can just talk about it. I don't think we, we really need to drive. I, I think that I, this – it's it's funny that the, the Florida Panthers – had their series locked. Okay, so first of all, let's let's start with this insane quote by Rod the Bod Brendamore. Uh, you you two guys are you two guys are sports fans, right? Mm-hmm. I've been a, accused of that the, once or twice. When a team in the playoffs loses four straight games without winning a game, it is called a sweep. 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 But the, according to the Her- Carolina Hurricanes coach Rod Brendamore. The Hurricanes didn't get swept in four games. It wasn't a sweep. Oh, that's right. That's right. What was his I, nonsense? I know you've forgotten about this because of all the kerfuffle that's happened with Miami. No, but he Rob got mad. had the audacity to say that the, the Florida Panthers beating Carolina in four straight games. And let's talk about that, that series first. I don't think I've ever seen a puck bounce the wrong way besides game one. I don't think I've ever seen a puck bounce the wrong way more times than it did in this Eastern Conference final. If I'm a Carolina Hurricanes fan, I I feel snake bitten for the last three years. And, you know, this year you looked and you saw there's this giant window of time that Carolina has and they're going to the Eastern Conference final and who they have to beat the eight seed Panthers. <laughs> now after they've lost... As a Carolina Hurricanes fan, ah, your window's shrinking a little bit. It's a the tough contracts beat. are coming up. Your guys aren't as young as they are. They just got swept in the Eastern Conference Finals. I saw a stat that Carolina has been has lost the last twelve Eastern Conference Final games they've played in. They have won a Stanley Cup before, or no? They just two thousand six is when the Hurricanes won. Yeah. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. That's not what I read today. Hold on, wait. Are you sure they won? 2006, yes. Completely positive. Because that was the year that Cam Ward won the Conn Smythe Trophy as a rookie goaltender. Oh, Oh, sorry. Carolina. Carolina. Carolina has won before. My my apologies. The Panthers have never won, no. (laughs) My apologies. I was getting my wires crossed. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, to pick up where Nick left off there, let's just point out some parallels between the NBA and the NHL, and then we'll get into the NBA, into the NHL, right? Uh, Both West number one seeds for NHL and NBA have made the finals. Both East number eight seeds have made the finals. Both Eastern number eight seats are from South Florida, and they beat heavy favorite Boston teams to get there, right? And then, so now let's get into the NHL, right? So the Stanley Cup, as Eric has the odds put up, the Golden Knights are minus 125 favorites to win the Cup. I actually think that's a fantastic bet. I think everyone should place that bet, especially if you're getting minus 125 juice. I'm not saying Florida is bad. I just love what I've seen from the Vegas Golden Knights this this uh, postseason. Um, I would be – I do think Florida is a good bet as well at plus money because they have the better goaltender in this series. But Hill coming in for an injured play – injured uh, – what, what was the guy's name who got injured for 
for Vegas, Nick. Do you remember his name? I think I might be able to find it. Give me one sec. Uh, he was um, Laurent Brossois. So he came in for Laurent Brossois in the, in the second round, but Bobrovsky has been lights out. He's the Conn Smythe favorite. And the road they took to get here, the Vegas Golden Knights beat the Jets in five, the Oilers in six, and the Stars in six. The Florida – uh, Panthers beat the Bruins in seven, the Leafs in five, and the Hurricanes in four. Um, I mean, I, I mean, let's let's continue talking about the parallels, right? You look, you you saw the first three games between the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics and the Knights and the Stars. You, you were like, oh, we're going to see both sweeps, right? Uh huh. You yeah. So so here's here's what's funny. You have never seen a ball bounce the wrong way if you're a Lakers fan than the four games you saw in the Western Conference Finals, right? <laughs> it seemed like everything. J- Jokic hit two three-pointers that I think he shot up into the rafters and came back down as the shot clock was, in, it was, was expiring over yeah. Anthony Davis, who I think is, is 9 foot, 10 foot, 12, I think. Yeah, he he hit two of those in one game. In the series, he hit like four or five. Right. So at that point, is that luck or skill? (laughs) Let me ask you that. Enough. I mean, it's it's skill. But you saw both those games in both those series. You're like, man, you you got to feel snake bitten as a Lakers fan in this series. You got to feel snake bitten as a Hurricanes fan. And then you looked at the other two series, and Vegas really didn't make it close. It it was three games of dominance, and Miami didn't really make it close, right? Both game one, game one was close. The Celtics gave up in game three. Absolutely quit. We we talked about this last week. Quit playing basketball in game three. Thanks. They're done, right? Dallas. I think Dallas got beat six one in game three. Something like that. Dallas, yeah, it was bad. It was bad. I remember I remember Eric and I were sitting there trying to watch the game and it the Vegas Golden Knights just kept scoring goals. And we're like, okay, we we don't care anymore. This is put them out of their misery, take them out back, cock the shotgun and fucking put a bullet in them. They're done. Right. We, were, we we were already looking forward to what we got and then or what what we were getting and all the all of a sudden Chugga, 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 chugga. Here comes Dallas. This is why we play the game. They scrap out two wins. Uh Uh-oh, here comes Boston finally playing like that, uh, like that Boston team we know they can with with the three-headed monster. Chugga, 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 chugga. Right? Yeah. And then Vegas, and and, and then again, another parallel. Vegas dominates game six. The Heat dominate game seven. The Heat actually were going to win game six if it weren't for arguably one of the most miraculous shots in NBA Finals history, right? Miraculous rebounds, I'd say. (laughs) The most miraculous play ever. I don't know. As a coach, you cannot draw up a play that ends with Marcus Smart taking a three to fucking try to win the game. Right. Marcus Smart misses the three as we all fucking expected when we saw him catch the ball. And sure. <laughs> yeah. Misses and the then, three and how. <laughs> and then the Miami hit Miami Heat 
forget to do the most important thing on defense. Box out. They they were ball gazing. Why the fuck are you still watching the ball? Go get the fucking ball. That's the most important thing in basketball is the fucking ball. I don't understand what happened on that play. Shout out Derek White with his big ass forehead and terrible receding hairline for getting that fucking bounce back put in and in time to force a game seven, the two best words in sports. But uh, point point two seconds left on the clock when the ball leaves his hand. <laughs> I mean, I mean, a, a 1983 NC State like like missed missed three almost looked almost looked set up. It was done so well. Yeah, it almost looked like they drew it up. So let's get into the actual NHL game. I'm going to give you guys some some interesting tidbits that I found online while I was researching some of the some of this uh this ball game. So no matter how you swing it in this NHL Stanley Cup final, we will crown a first-time champion. Right? Both teams are in their second Stanley Cup Finals appearance in history. Uh, Florida was swept by Colorado in 96. The Vegas Knights lost in five to Washington in 2018. Here's another crazy parallel on that. Both head coaches are in their second Stanley Cup seeking their first win as well. So Paul Maurice. Paul Maurice is the... uh, Jesus Christ, I didn't even write this down. Paul Maurice is the uh, Vegas Golden Knights coach, correct? Or is he the Florida Panthers coach? Oh, Bruce Bruce Cassidy is the Vegas Golden Knights coach. Bruce Cassidy is the Vegas Knights, all right. So Paul Maurice is the uh, Panthers coach. He is. Uh, he lost to Carolina. Oh, sorry, he was the coach of Carolina. They lost to Detroit in 0-2 in five games after winning the first game. He's 26th all-time in playoff wins at 53, and he's tied for ninth most po- – po- uh, tied for uh, – no, sorry. He's sixth in postseason wins without having a t- championship. Uh, Bruce Cassidy led the Boston Bruins to the, to the Stanley Cup Finals to face the St. Louis Blues in 2019 and lost in seven. Fuck the Blues. Nobody likes the Blues, right? He's 30th all-time. Uh, with 50 wins uh, in postseason history, and he's tied for ninth most postseason wins uh, to not have a championship, right? Uh, Last thing I'm going to talk about is two different players that I want to spotlight, one from Vegas and one from Florida. Uh, Marcia Stowe, who has been one of my favorite players to watch this postseason. He's been playing lights fucking out for the Vegas Knights. Uh, He's facing his former team. He actually has nine goals this postseason. Uh, that's what I remember from when I was watching. If he scored one more, then I, you know I, I didn't make note of it. But uh, has nine goals. He's Vegas's all-time leader in goals, assists, points, and tied for games played with Carlson, who is actually the Vegas Golden Knights' goal leader in in postseason in a single postseason run this year with ten. So him and Marshall Star are playing lights out. Uh, those totals, respectively, are 150, 198, 348, and 432. He's also their all-time playoff scoring leader with 63 points, who's tied with Smith, who is also a former Florida Panther. So you have some parallels here. Then Bobrovsky, 
right? The goalie for Florida who has been playing lights out in what we always talk about, you ride your goaltender to the Stanley Cup. That is what always wins Stanley Cups. That's why the Devils got crushed. That's why the Stars got crushed. Uh, he had a 1.12 goals against in the in the conference finals with a 9.66 save percentage. And he's 11-1 and with a 1.95 goals against a 9.42 save percentage and one shutout since game four versus Boston in round one. He's only gotten better as the postseason has gotten on. In round one, he allowed 17 goals in five games. Uh, and then in uh, in round two, he allowed 10 goals in five games. In round three, he had six goals in four games. So those are the two. Those are two players I want to spotlight. And now we can go ahead and dissect the matchup between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers. No. Also, also something I want to add, and, and maybe a betting nugget for next year. This is the third straight year that the previous year's President's Trophy winner has made it to the Stanley Cup. The last two won the Stanley Cup. Of course, 2019, Tampa Bay Lightning. 2021 Colorado Avalanche, because we're not considering the bubble, right? <laughs> 2022 Florida Panthers. So you and they have the best goalie of the series. And usually we tell you if they that, have the, the, the best hand. goalie, if they have the best goalie, you bet them. I will tell you this the Vegas Golden Knights look like the best team all postseason. From what I watched. From all the teams playing, I still thought the Vegas Golden Knights, and I have one name to mention that kind of sways my debate there. Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel in his first postseason experience, right, since his fiasco with the Buffalo Sabres, he was once heralded as one of the next big hockey players and – you know, had this weird injury fallout with the Buffalo Sabres that ended up with, with him in Vegas as 18 points, six goals, 12 assists in 17 games. But is Hill good enough to get the job done? Now, I don't know. I don't know if Hill is good enough. Uh, I'm not super convinced in, in how good Hill is, but as a team, I think the Vegas Golden Knights are, are set up for success. We'll, we'll bring this up, however, to, to play point-counterpoint. We'll bring this up when it comes to the Miami Heat. House money is a very, very dangerous thing. <laughs> Ooh, hey, they ain't got nothing to lose. The AT is not supposed to be here. And on paper, the Vegas Golden Knights check almost every single box, except for maybe goaltender. Or sorry, <laughs> Yeah, I know. Sorry, that is to your point, Jermaine. I just realized what you were saying. Your point, the Vegas Golden Knights have looked like the better team. Right. But Florida has the best goalie, the history, and the house money. And and here here's the thing is Hill is 7-3 with a 2.07 goals against, right? A 9.37 save percentage and two shutouts in 11 games, nine starts for Vegas this postseason, right? 
that's pretty fucking outstanding in its own right. Not too bad. But there's a reason why Bobrovsky and Kachuk are the two favorites to win the Conn Smythe. Eric, can you pull up the Conn Smythe um, odds for us? So Conn Smythe, for those of you who are unfamiliar, Conn Smythe is the MVP of the postseason, right? Does the Conn Smythe factor in, Nick, answer this for me. I may be uh, unknowledgeable here. Does the Conn Smythe factor in the whole playoffs or is it just the finals? Correct, whole playoffs. Whole playoffs, right? So that's why Bobrovsky's the leader. Kachuk is number two. I mean, those two have been Batman to the other person's Batman <laughs> in this postseason. Kachuk has three overtime goal winners. It, were they all? Were they all against the Carolina Hurricanes? They were, right? That was. That's why we were talking about the the puck bouncing the wrong way. Uh, I don't. I don't think they. They only went to overtime twice in the Hurricanes games. Uh, yeah, so – oh, that's what it is. He leads the NHL with three overtime goals and has four game-winning goals. There you so go. he had three game-winning goals. So against Carolina, he scored overtime goals in games one and two and the game winner with 4.9 seconds left in game four. That was the game that I was watching where Carolina was going to try to try to get it to overtime and force a game five. Right. It's been lights out. Uh, just to shout, just to spotlight some of the other Vegas players, Marsha So, 17 points, nine goals, eight assists in 17 games. Oh, excuse me, boys. Mark Stone, 15 points, six goals, nine assists in 17 games. And Carlson, 14 points, 10 goals, four assists in 17 games. Um, man. And so those are some of your cons, my uh, players, right? As Eric has the odds up there. So Jack Eichel, Carlson, Marcia So, Stone, and Hill, the five Vegas Knights players that we've kind of talked about in this podcast, round out the top seven with the Florida Panthers having the two odds on favorite should they win the Stanley Cup. Nick, when was the last time a non-Stanley Cup winner won the con Smythe? Does that ever happen? Uh, that's a great question. I think I it happened with a goalie back in the day. I think it was in the 2000s. I there have been there have been five players who have won the Conn Smythe Trophy while playing for a non Stanley Cup winning squad. Oh, yeah, Roger Crozier, Glenn Hall, Reggie Leach, Ron Hextel, and John Sebastian. And I'm not even gonna try to pronounce that last. John time. Sebastian Jaguar was the last person to win. Yeah. He was a goalie in 2003. He was a Ducks goalie. And basically, basically was the only reason that the Ducks were <laughs> in that fucking postseason. All right, so I'm down to one beer. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you boys this: Who do you have winning the Con Smythe? I it's it, I I think it routinely goes to goalies if they continue to play well, and goalies don't cool down very often. So Bobrovsky's okay. gonna get my vote. Bobrovsky's gonna get your go uh, vote, and Eric, you. Uh, but Brossi's going to get my vote as well, but he's not going to win it. He's not going to be number six on that list. Oh, he's winning the stand. Oh, for a little foreshadowing. Is this a professional oh. podcast? Who would have guessed? All right. So with that being said, Eric, who do you have winning the Stanley cup? Florida and six, Florida and six. And Nick, mm-hmm. you, yeah, you, you, you can't, you can't miss the goalie. The best. I'll say it again. The best American-born player in the NHL right now, 
Eat your heart out, Austin Matthews. Who's the best, Kachuk? Yeah, Matthew Kachuk. That's and playing with house game. money and history. Give me the Florida Panthers, but I think it'll go to seven because that's what they're going to need to overcome Vegas. And Vegas is so, so good at playing the game of hockey. I I have not watched a single team that I thought is better than Vegas this postseason. I think I've continuously iterated it in our group chat. I've continuously been floored with the way they find ways to win, with how balanced they feel on attack, with how powerful and dominant they feel in power plays and things like that. I'm going to say Vegas. I absolutely think this series goes seven. My Conn Smythe winner is Marcia So. I think that's partly biased because I've enjoyed watching him skate so much this postseason. Now let's get into the NBA. Let's wrap it rather quickly so that way we can get into the special announcement. Um, so for the NBA, right, uh, The this is – let's set the stage, right? So Denver beat Minnesota 4-1 in the first round. Miami beat Milwaukee 4-1 in the first round. Denver beat Phoenix in the second round 4-2. Miami beat the Knicks in the second round 4-2. Denver beat the Lakers in the conference finals 4-0. How embarrassing. The Lakers couldn't even get one fucking win. And the Heat the Heat beat Boston 4-3 after relinquishing a 3-0 lead to make it a best of one series. <laughs> <laughs> so here is uh, here's a fun little factoid for you guys. Nuggets are the third largest favorite in the last 20 years in the NBA finals. Um the number four odds, oddly enough, right, of the top four were the Los Angeles Lakers at minus 350 versus Miami at plus 290 in 2020. Uh, the biggest odds, the biggest odds in the last 20 years was the Golden State Warriors in 2018, who had a minus 1,075 chance of winning the NBA Finals versus the Cavaliers, who were 688. Uh, and then the second largest of all time were the Spurs in 2007. Ooh, excuse me, boys. At minus 450 versus the Cavaliers at plus 360. Um, let's go ahead and get into that. So the odds for this one has, is shifted from what Eric is presenting now. The odds when it opened was Nuggets minus 360, which has now been bet up to minus 425. And the Heat at plus 300, which is now sitting at plus 320. Uh, so a few things to note. If the Heat don't – so I'll ask that question later. So it's Nuggets offense versus Heat defense. Nuggets defense is actually worse than Boston and Milwaukee, although they did take a step up this postseason. Is Miami able to keep its red-hot offense to make the series is my big question. That's my burning question of this series. If they're able to play the heat defense that they play and they're able to score with the Nuggets, this should be a fascinating series. Um, the number one and two teams in the playoffs based on points per jump shot are Denver and Miami. The number two player in the postseason who is for points per jump shot is Caleb Martin. The number four playoff player is Jamal Murray. All right, so now let's go ahead and touch on some of the factoids that will happen, right, for the Nuggets. If the Nuggets win, they will become only the second ABA team 
to win an NBA championship? Would you guys like to guess? San Antonio Spurs. <laughs> San Antonio Spurs. Correct, <laughs> sir. All right. How many uh, NBA teams were there? Six? I think there were six. That it, I'm fairly certain it's six. It, okay. Spurs, Nuggets. Nets. Nets. Trailblazers, I believe. Yeah, it would make sense. I, th- I think the Golden State Warriors were the, another one. Uh, this will be something that our, our EPO look up for us to, to make sure that I'm not full of shit. So, um, the Nuggets have lost three games all postseason, and they're undefeated at home. They have not faced elimination. Jokic is the third player to average a triple-double entering the finals in NBA history. Would you guys like to guess who the other two players are? Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Incorrect. Oh. Julius a- Irving. Incorrect. Well, hold on, hold on. Give me, give me the stats one more time. Give me the stats one more time. Jokic is the third player to average a triple double entering the finals. Who Tim were the Duncan. other two? LeBron. No, it's, not, it's no, not Tim Duncan, not LeBron. Russell Oscar Westbrook. Robinson. All right, here, 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 here. 1982 and 1967 were the years. Moses Malone. <laughs> no, that. The Sixers didn't make the finals in 82. Oh, that was 83. Um, 82 was Lakers-Celtics. Correct. So take a guess Magic, on who had Magic. Magic Johnson. All right. seven so was Jerry. It was Wilt Chamberlain. Chamberlain, all right. Both of those teams that had a player averaging a triple-double going into the finals won the championship. Murray, here's a fun – here's my – here's the favorite stat I read about the NBA finals go, going into this, right? Jamal Murray is the second player to average 30-plus points on 50-40-90 shooting in multiple playoff series since. I'll give you each two guesses, and then I'll tell you who it is. (laughs) No, it's not Kobe, Jason. No, you said 30 points? To average 30 points on 50 from the field, 40 from three, and 90 from the free throw line in multiple playoff series in the same postseason. Steph Curry. It is not Steph Curry. It's only one other person that Jamal Murray joined. Allen Iverson. It is not Allen Iverson. Michael Jordan. It is not Michael Jordan. Eric, take a guess. In two playoff series, did did this team make the finals? In multiple playoff series, yes. Um, Was it Magic? It was Kevin Durant. Oh my god, I was just, that's what I was thinking, you fucking <laughs> oh, Jokic leads all players in assists in this postseason. That's just something I wanted to spotlight. So now let's get into the Heat. If the Heat win, they will become the first eight seed to win an NBA title. First eight seed to make the NBA finals in a full 82 game season. They beat the one seed, the two seed, and the five seed to get here. He had made seven finals since 2006. That is the most of any team. Would you like to guess who's second of those teams? Warriors. Warriors, absolutely correct. A lot of people aren't talking about this. This is one thing I kept spotlighting in the Boston Celtics series when Eric and I were sitting on the couch. It's easy to armchair couch fucking talk about sports. But Jimmy Butler is hurt. He sprained his ankles in the New York Knicks series and missed a game. Let's see how that factors into this postseason. Eric Spolstra 
has made his sixth finals. He's tied for the most among active coaches. He is fourth all time. Would you like to guess who's made more finals than Eric Spolstra? Pat Riley. One. That is correct. Philip Jackson. That is correct. Pop. It is not Pop. Red Arbok. That is correct. Yes! <laughs> Eric. <laughs> Eric Spolstra is tied right now for most among active coaches, Eric, which is you just Pop. named him. Pop. Pop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Steve Kerr? No. Pop. Yo, Pop and Steve Kerr. Oh, okay. Yes, those are both the correct answers. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> now know what the fuck I'm talking about, Nick. Fuck you. No, I'm just kidding. Biggest thing to watch is Tyler Hero's return, right? Tyler Hero's return. Game three. He all he, MVP. He averaged 20 MVP. points per game for the Heat in the regular season. That is a big deal. One thing to watch for the Miami Heat is zone defense, right? Celtics average sub one point per possession versus the zone. They faced it 99 times in the Celtics Heat series. They average 0.90 points per possession. League average is above one per possession. So that's absolutely miserable. Versus the zone, the Boston Celtics shot 17.4% from three. Absolutely fucking mind-blowing. Absolutely mind-blowing. And I have one last thing before we get into it. So, what, Eric, what do I always tell you? To, to The mark of a good NBA player is what they do, how they increase their statistics from the regular season to playoffs. The, the playoffs, right? <clears throat> that is one thing I always watch for. The largest career increase in points per game from regular season to playoffs in NBA history Jamal Murray plus 8.5 points per game. Mm-hmm. Would you like to guess who comes in second? Also in this series. Jimmy Butler. No. Nikola Jokic at plus 7.1 points per game. Here's the crazy st- here's a crazy stat. I just want for for true hoop heads, they will care about this as players not in this NBA finals. Jalen Brunson Brunson plus 6.6 points per game, comes in at number three. Reggie King at plus 6.5 points per game. And Randy Whitman at plus 5.4 points per game. That is – and that this is only statistics based on a minimum of 20 playoff games. All right. So now that we've deep dived – not deep dived. Now that we've discussed the Nuggets versus Heat, how do you guys feel about this? Let's start with who do you think wins finals MVP? Um, it's pretty easy for me. I think Jokic wins finals MVP. <clears throat> All right. And Nick? Yeah, it's going to be hard to look past Jokic. So I'll, I'll go I'll go chalk. Although I would um, love to see Jamel win it. Jamal? Jamal Murray? Jamal Murray, Jamal Murray yeah. yeah. All right. So, all right. So, the, I guess that kind of foreshadows. Here we go. So, uh, pick a team and pick how many games you think it gets done in. Nick, who do you have winning the NBA Finals? Man, on paper, the Denver Nuggets look like the best, the better team, and they should roll through this. But tell tell that tell that to the the teams that we're going to win on paper against the Heat in every single one. Um, if we win by paper, we wouldn't play the games. I am very very 
concerned about the Heat in Game 7 and Game 3 of the Eastern Conference Finals. If they come out like that, it is going to be a game. It was going to be a seven-game series. If they let the Denver Nuggets play how Denver played against the Lakers, a.k.a. minimizing fouls, minimizing mistakes, and being able to utilize players not named Nikola Jokic, they will do extremely well against the Miami Heat. I will say this. It will either be Nuggets in four or a toss-up in seven. Okay. All right. But you have the Nuggets winning regardless. I will I will utter on the podcast, I will come out and I will utter a woo for the Nuggets <laughs> if, they win, if they win. We got a reluctant Nuggets fan on the podcast. All right, Eric. Woo. Who do you got winning this finals? Uh, so just to give a little context, uh, Denver's eight, no at home. Um, it's a known fact that playing at that altitude, uh, hurts players and makes players tired in the fourth quarter, um, at the rate at which the, uh, the heat play basketball and their intensity on defense, I think it will be a factor. Um, I think Jimmy Butler is good enough to win one, unlike LeBron. So I'm going to go with, uh, Denver and five. Uh, and I want to point out, Nick, thank you for saying that the nuggets kept the Lakers off the foul line. Because even though it seemed like it was an unfair advantage, the Lakers were getting there more, their numbers dropped from where they were from January 1st, 2023, up into the playoffs, which is what got them into the playoffs, was the favorable calls. When we saw those favorable calls go all the way against Denver, 4-0. So, Denver in five, Jokic MVP, that's what I got. I, I talked about it all regular season. The free throw disparity from January 1st, 2023 for the Los Angeles Lakers was something like eight more free throws per game. The NBA willed the Los Angeles Lakers into the postseason. LeBron James, since middle December, was shooting 31.7% from three. The NBA willed the Los Angeles Lakers into the playoffs. I don't want to hear anyone talk about it. I don't want to hear about they were the more aggressive team. The Lakers averaged less drives per game than the Golden State Warriors. Do not tell me they were the more aggressive team. If you want to say that, back it up with the statistics because it's not there. Drives per game matter because that's where you get fouled. In the cup. So you're telling me you have less drives per game, but you're going to shoot 10, 15 more free throws than the Warriors every single time? And then it's like, oh, that's the most low IQ thing. I was like, are you watching the game? Because I am. I'm watching it. I'm fucking blown away by what the refs are doing. Every single game, I have to sit there and be floored by it. Don't get me wrong. I don't think the Warriors were going to beat the Lakers. I don't think so. I had the Lakers making the finals. But let's fucking call a spade a spade is all I'm saying. I think the Heat win this series. And I may be contrarian. This is the same squad. They changed almost no players from the team that was the number one seed last year in the Eastern Conference. Right? The The Heat have five players with NBA Finals experience. Would you like to tell me how many players the Nuggets have? Cold no. one KCP. Yeah. <clears throat> KCP. Yeah. I, I'm just saying, 
I'm going to bet the Heat. I'm going to take Spolstra. I think this series goes six, and I think the Miami Heat stun the world. Now, with that being said, before we bring in our special guests for the special announcement, I want to ask you one question, and then actually we can bring in the special guests now, and then I can ask the question because one of them is a hoop head. So we'll go ahead and introduce our two special guests. Um, so we would like to invite uh, Revenge of the Pod to join us. We have uh, co-hosts of Revenge of the Pod, Luigi Orozco and Jason Escudero. Thank you for joining us, boys. Before we get into our special announcement, go ahead and uh, say your, say something to the people, and then, and then I have a question for everybody. What's up, guys? Uh, I was trying to not to get annoyed by your Lakers talk, but you know what? I, I kind of have to agree with you. It still hurts. <laughs> Still hurts. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, thank you for having me. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited about this next announcement. All right. And, and that was Jason, for those of you who are listening on audio. And uh, and Luigi? What's up, guys? Um, got our podcast. We're going to be working on a little bit differently. Good to see you all. All right. Dope. Thanks for joining us, boys. So I have one question. Everyone could ch- chime in. I'll, I'll- – point to each person to to give their piece that way we're not talking over each other i just have one question i want to know if the heat don't win right if my prediction doesn't come true and if we all know the podcast motto fade us um is jimmy butler should he retire today a hall of famer all right i'll start with nick because nick peaked up perked up his ears perked up so let's start with nick nick if the Heat don't win and Jimmy Butler retired after this finals, is Jimmy Butler a Hall of Famer? I I don't think so. No. You don't think so? All right. I don't think so. All right. So let's go to Luigi. Luigi, if the Heat don't win and Jimmy Butler were to retire after this NBA finals, is Jimmy Butler – ooh, excuse me. The beer is creeping up. A Hall of Famer. Uh, I've been unplugged from NBA for a bit, but if I'm not mistaken, he hasn't won a title yet, has he? No, he has not. I don't know if he's as good as Charles Barkley was. So I don't. I don't know if that necessarily he's... would give him what he needs to get him to uh, never won an MVP. Okay. You're right. So okay, all right. So we got two, we got two no's. We got two no's. So let's go to the self-proclaimed hoop heads of of the five of us right now. So Jason. If the Heat don't win, and keep in mind nobody's picking the Heat to win, they're the they're the third largest dogs in NBA Finals history. Is Jimmy Butler a Hall of Famer? I say yes, just simply because of all the teams that he's been in since leaving Chicago, has taken them to the playoffs and excelled. Right? Obviously, they've they've been bounced. Uh, obviously, with Miami taken to the finals in twenty twenty carrying that team and carrying them in the playoffs that the whole series, everything that he's done for this team in the playoffs every time I'm going to have to say yes, just simply about what he's done and every team that he's been in and just the mentality and just like, just him being Hemi Butler. Right. So right. I'm going to have to say yes. I, I say All right. Yes. So we, we got two no's. We got one. Yes. Eric, if the heat don't win mm-hmm. and I'll say it again, nobody's picking him. Nobody's picking him. Is Jimmy Butler a Hall of Famer? So before I answer this, I want to say <laughs> when you when you hear stories about these legendary Hall of Fame players, right? You always hear these stories about 
he did this or he was that or he was this kind of animal. He was this kind of enforcer or whatever. He's in the Hall of Fame because of that story about punking out the starters in Minnesota, running to the showers, then going doing an interview about punking them, and then demanding a trade and then taking that team one crazy shot away from uh, – one crazy lucky bounce away from being probably in the finals with the Sixers, two trips to the finals with the Heat, uh, six-time All-Star, All-NBA second team, four-time All-NBA third team, five-time All-NBA defensive second team, uh, most improved player. I say he's a Hall of Famer. I say he's a Hall of Famer. There's a lot of dudes in the league that have been Hall of Fame that have made it on less credentials than that. And and he's Michael Jordan's son. So, yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> so, look, I I, I – I am super biased, right? So I am going to abstain from this. We're going to sit at a 2-2 tie, and we're going to let the rest of his career say, you know, speak to that. But I will say, right, there have been, you know, of, of the last – since 2010, right, there have been four – there have been five incredibly successful teams, right, you have the Golden State Warriors, four championships. You have the LeBron, D-Wade, Miami Heat, right? Two championships, four finals appearances. You have the uh, you have the Boston Celtics with Jason Tatum, who have made four Eastern Conference Finals and one Conference Finals. I mean, one NBA Finals. And you have the Miami Heat. Right, the Miami Heat with Jimmy Butler have made three Eastern Conference Finals, two NBA Finals, and the other team is the LeBron James Cleveland Cavaliers. Right, those are the last; those are the five most dominant teams that have dominated the last thirteen plus years of basketball. And that's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to answer the question because I am the most biased person when it comes to this question. I just felt it was very interesting. Hey, I'll be... not not to mention uh, uh, Eric's story about the Minnesota where he showers, interviews. He interviews with Rachel Mickles. There's another story with him in the bubble, supposedly, <laughs> in the hotel dribbling a basketball. But everyone knows that he was hooking up with Rachel Mickles. So he, he's a dog, man. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Clapping them cheeks. <laughs> We have we can neither confirm nor deny for those listening. Uh, none of us talk to Jimmy Butler, but you know there are you know dots you can connect. All right, so before we wrap up today's podcast, episode two hundred, we have something that we want to announce. It's why we brought in Luigi and Jason, uh, as we mentioned before, co-hosts of Revenge of the Pod. So uh, there's been a period of upheaval for Room 303 the last two and a half months. There's been some indecision, some un, un, uh, unfettered waters of where we were going to go. And so we created a strategy as a group and decided to pivot collectively. Um, so starting with episode 201 of podcast Room 303, we will actually be turning the Room 303 podcast into a brand that houses multiple podcasts. Our very first podcast, we take very great pleasure in 
uh, announcing the very first podcast, that very first podcast that's going to come under the to the Room 303 brand is going to be Revenge of the Pod. So I'll turn it over to you, Luigi and Jason. You can give us a little breakdown of what your podcast is about and and how and how you see this uh, a realignment uh, bringing better favor to you. Uh, so to start off, thank you, Jermaine, for including us in this. We were pretty excited when when you gave us the news. It would make everything a little more streamlined for us, and we're able to get on a lot more uh, streaming services so that the listeners can hopefully catch us on different things. That's been a big uh, obstacle for us. So thank you so much for that. We are going to be on pretty much everything, guys, from YouTube to Stitcher to Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, still on Spotify. We're going to be there. Uh, and we're hoping to have more collaboration with the members of Room 303 Network. So I'm really excited about it. Jason? Yeah, man, uh, especially, I mean, we love sports. But uh, if I'm being completely honest, we're not as knowledgeable as you guys. Uh, you guys definitely do your research. Uh, not not much of a better, but I love listening to betting. Um so it's, it's kind of nice listening to your podcast and just being under your guys' umbrellas. This is awesome. Uh, I feel like we got um, uh, you guys Kendall Royd us in episode one of Succession. We're like Lawrence, you know? Uh, <laughs> I know you saw that episode. Uh, and we, we couldn't say no. It's just the opportunities that you guys gave us and just being under umbrella and hopefully we can all grow together. Uh, and we would obviously, you know, you guys have been guests of ours. Uh, not yet, Nick, but hopefully soon. Uh, just talk about you know, nerd culture, pop culture, all that stuff. You guys have your pop culture pick them, which we enjoy. And uh, we just keep tagging along to that kind of stuff and uh, talk about shows and movies that we'd love to see, uh, hopefully doing reviews in a website that hopefully that's uh, going to come eventually. But there's going to be a lot more for us to come, which I'm sure uh, J-Man and uh, Room 303 will uh, obviously announce. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're definitely excited. Outstanding. So for those of you who've been listening to us for 200 episodes, this started with a conversation Nick and I had when we first met. Uh, it was almost like we were instant best friends. We'd known each other for 20 plus years. And so this is what now what Room 303 is developing. So uh, starting next week, right, the very first week of June, uh, as we're recording today is the last day of May, 31 May of 2023. Um, one month after our three-year anniversary, we are now taking Room 303 into a full-fledged brand where we're going we're gonna to offer more exciting things. We're going to bring merchandise. We're going to launch websites where we actually create original content to help you know, navigate you, the listener, through you know, an oversaturated world, right? So, And that's what we try to – try to cut through. We want to bring you information. We want to bring you, you know, enjoyment, something that helps you escape for an hour at a time. And so that's, that's the goal here at room 303. So, uh, you know, we have the flagship podcast room 303, where we will continue to discuss betting futures. Uh, we will reveal more as the time comes as far as the offerings that we're going to have. Uh, some of you who are faithful listeners may be familiar with the rabbit hole that Nick and I created on the fly on one episode where we just went down rabbit holes. Uh, and so who knows, maybe that becomes another one of the offerings, but long story short to the listeners. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for joining us week in, week out. We very much enjoy it. 
we're always shocked to see how many numbers we are. Uh, Luigi and Jason, I believe you're at 58 episodes, right? So you're at 58 episodes. I mean, we just were filming episode 200 right now. Uh, for I'm not sure that any of us ever thought we would get to these gaudy numbers. They seem fictitious in our head. They seem almost absurd and somehow some way we still have people tuning in commenting letting us know their feedback so before we sign out i'm going to turn it over to nick and and ask him for his retrospect of the last three years and kind of you know the uh the forward facing of the next three years yeah i mean i we th- there's been a lot of conversations that i've had online obviously jay luigi like your your stuff is great like i it's it's really funny for me to say that like as a podcast as a podcast host I don't listen to a lot of podcasts but you guys have a really good podcast and and you know it's not just we're bringing you guys in because because we you know because it's like oh it's good for us and and you know now to be under the room through through umbrella we don't do anything that we don't actually believe in so you know we've we've all you know Eric and Jermaine have been guests on your show I've I've listened to a couple of episodes and. And they're in, it, it's it's entertaining stuff and it's great and and we're happy to see where we where we can move forward in the future with you guys. Uh, from from room three hundred three, it you know it started from a dorm room on a on a on a basically deserted island in, in the in in the middle of the Indian Ocean, right? It, it was Just south of nowhere. For for you know if we'll we'll you know if we'll include a background section on our website if we ever get there or on our tombstone somewhere, but. I mean, this this literally did just start because we had many a night either that we remember or that we don't where Jermaine and I would just sit and, and talk sports because it was the only quit. It was the only <laughs> thing to do, right? And now we have all these new things in our life and that fucking dog's one of them. And and, and it's, it's it's just really cool. If, if you would have told me that three years ago I'd still be doing this, I, I don't do anything for three years, right? I mean, like I I – you know, I, I, there's not a lot of stuff that I do for three years, but, you know, pretty much every week we've done this, we've done this room 303 and, and it's, it's come, it's come everywhere from, I mean, three hour episodes in which Jermaine and I didn't know our asshole from a hole in the ground and just fucking talked and gave our NFL 300 to, to something now that I, I think is a, that, that we think is a, is a marketable product. And we've started to, uh, and we've started to expand out. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's something that I, I obviously like the, we, we say the tens and tens jokingly, but I, I'm forever grateful to, to you guys who listen to the podcast and tune into the podcast. We wouldn't keep doing this. Like Jermaine said, if we didn't get such great feedback from our friends and, and, you know, we, we're, we're glad that everybody enjoys it. And we're going to keep doing uh, what we enjoy, and I really think that comes out in the podcast. That you that that people can see that we enjoy this, and we and we and we put in the work to it. So that's that's it. I'm I'm excited for where we're moving in 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 the summer of 2023, and and moving into to future years. I think we we have a great brand to put out, and we have some we have some great ideas that have been sitting on the back burner for since since the since the very beginning of of those conversations in room 303 so it's we're 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 going to it's it's really exciting to be to be now seeing the fruition of of those ideas 
Yeah, ab- ab- absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. So we'll we'll turn it over to Eric, and then we'll sign off. And hopefully, you join us next week for the official launch, the official brand of um, the new Room Three Hundred Three. So, Eric, go ahead. Uh, yeah. So and first, that, of- that's the end of episode uh, two. Eric, go for it. Almost, I almost, I almost waited to say something because I fucking Nick had that look in his eye, dude. Nick had that look in his eye. It's now you can ex- long. It's been too long. You, you guys can expect more of that for for years to come, apparently. So, yeah. Uh, no, but I wouldn't be doing my executive producer job if I didn't tell you guys that the Spurs, the Nuggets, the Pacers, and the Nets were the four ABA teams that were absorbed by the NBA. Um, so that was the merger. Um, as far as in regards to the announcement that we made today, look, it's a blessing to do this. Um, it's something that, you know, I, I enjoy doing. It, it's a, it's stress-free most of the time. Uh, it's, and, and I think I'm just, uh, you know, Jermaine, Jason, childhood friends, Luigi, almost a childhood friend, Nick, we've, we've grown and bonded together. So I'm just appreciative of the people I get to do with this with. I'm uh, glad to bring on two of my very good friends to continue growing and expanding and just see where this goes. Um, yeah, I love you guys. I love our tens and tens. I love doing this. It's great. I'm just excited for what's what's going to be coming moving forward. So, uh, you know, tune in, check it out, fall in love, and keep checking us out because we got some big things coming. So, that's my piece on it. All right. So, uh, Jason, Luigi, anything else before we sign off? That's it. Hopefully, soon be uh, 20s and 20s, right? after room 303 guys tune in tune in <laughs> yeah as luigi said please please go follow subscribe listen to revenge of the pod the newest room 303 offering for all things pop culture comic books movies television uh as luigi likes to say we're not nerds but uh <laughs> uh thank you very much for 200 episodes we couldn't have done it without you uh what what a crazy ride it's been i always hate when people say that cheesy nostalgia nostalgia type shit but you know when you get to those kind of milestones and things that you you're trying to accomplish and do you kind of see why people you know resonate and vibrate in that way so you know, for Luigi, for Jason, for executive producer Eric, for my co-host Nick and myself, thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. And we'll see you next time when you come on down and step into the room. <laughs> <laughs>